When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Welcome once again to the most important podcast in America, possibly in the world. It's the talking real money, hyperbole ridden money conversation, investing stuff podcast. I'm Don McDonald. And uh, yeah, well, this is important stuff. I mean, come on. We're talking about. Some of the stuff that you deal with more than anything else, that's dealing with money. And we want to help you deal with money better. And I'm Don. Tom's over there. We're here almost every day helping you muddle through the confusing world of uh, particularly investing. Because, well, there's an old adage out there that we, we only want to invest in those things that go up. Right? You want to invest in the things that go go up. Well, let's define the word go. Does go mean have gone or does go mean will go? I think for most people, there's some confusion. And that's why we keep reading all of these articles that tell us what the top performing blank was of the past blank years or months. And Tom has been out searching the web scouring scouring it yeah there you for go. the ultimate who has done best in the past article and tom <laughs> what are we looking at today today this is exciting don this comes from financial don. planning inside baseball if you will their yeah. top 10 performing passive funds of the decade top 10 performing passive, passive funds, funds yeah. not active yeah. Passive funds. Which let's right. not open that can oh, of worms. I don't want to get into that discussion again, although bad. I have a feeling we're going to. Go yeah, ahead. I think we are. So they they actually uh, hired someone, a woman named Diane Peterson, a certified financial planner, with 33 years of experience to look at the passive funds from a long-term perspective. And by the way, the academics are going to tell you 10 years is not a long-term perspective because a lot of 10-year periods look a whole lot different than say, a 90-year period, for example. But I struggle a little bit with Ms. Pearson's statement here that we're in a volatile market, and the more volatile in a volatile market, uh, actively managed funds tend to do better during that time frame. This is one of the arguments of well, wait, active these are management. Passive, right? right. These are passive, but she even says, well, but in a volatile time, you really want to own actively managed funds where managers are responding Apparently to that she's a woman who doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. Well, there's that. Okay. And, but let's give you the top by the 10. Way, my, yep. my assertion is that, uh, the stock market is always volatile. Ah, there's that up or down. Right. Yeah. And, I and mean, you correctly make the point. It's volatile when it goes down. Exactly. The point is always should be past tense. No idea where it's going. And so I, I struggle because this article, it gives you the suggestion, the feeling that, well, here are the 10 funds. You got to move your money over to these 10 funds. Well, 
you're too late for that. But let's just well, talk they, about oh, a few wait, of them. See, now you spoiled it. I'm not going to That was the spoiler. You're All too right. late for that. So these <laughs> are the these were the Thank 10 you. best funds ten. Yes. over the past 10 years. Yep. As of July 31, 2022, and, and it let's says let's see if there's anything these products yeah. have in common. Okay. So number see. 10 probably shouldn't ring a bell because you're only number 10. I mean, nobody really cares. But the First Trust NASDAQ 100 Tech Sector ETF. <laughs> okay, mm. wait. So NASDAQ 100, that NASDAQ means 100. it's 100 yep. stocks. But mm-hmm. wait, it's limited to tech sector? Tech sector, e- the QTEC. Okay, Didn't so know tech sector means yep. it cuts it down a little bit more. Sure. Uh, let's see how much more. Um, oh, down to, from 100 to 38 stocks. Ah, so pretty that limited. portfolio holds 38 stocks. And it did 18.9% 10-year annualized return, which is amazing because we all want to put things in that make 19% basically a year for 10 years. That's astounding. But you're right. learning why, right? You're you're making a good point. You're not you're you're not being the Don McDonald typical understated. You would have generally raised your fist and banged on the table and said, "It's only thirty eight stocks." That's well, this is not my much. Vaca- to I'm, I, this I is see. when I feel more like I'm on vacation. You're still right in now. the vacation mode, uh, All right. and it's and it's really expensive. This fund yeah. is. Is it almost is. 60 basis points, six yep. tenths of a percent, which for an index type product is very expensive. It is. A- and and the other thing is, is it's the past. Do you honestly think the same stocks that did well over the past 10 years mm. are going to be the leaders going forward? Let's see Do if you? there's a theme in that right there, because number nine is the technology select sector spider ETF XLK which has a 19%, 19.07% annualized return Sounds very uh, with similar. an ex- expense ratio of 0.1. Oh, at least it's cheaper. Yeah, it, much because cheaper. Because it's from S&P. Bingo. Um, which, which is typical that they would be less expensive. But again, we're talking about a very narrow segment of the economy. In this portfolio, you're looking at about 65 stocks. So it's better diversified. But in our book, that's not great diversification. Again, you're betting that this sector will continue to do what it did over the past decade. Hmm, I don't know that that's a good bet. And number eight, the Invesco S&P equal, S&P 500, pardon me, equal weight tech ETF. Getting oh, messenger. they Getting snuck him. that tech word in again. <laughs> With a 19.17 10-year uh, annualized return. This is RYT. R-Y-T, well, Equal Weight Tech right ETF. investment, right? R-Y-T. You got that? It's right all the time, I guess. Right there for you to R-Y-T? purchase. R-Y-T? That symbol's not coming up. It's what it says uh, right here. R-Y-T. Invesco S&P 500 Equal Weight Tech ETF. S&P. Hold on. That's a lot of words. It is. S&P 500 Equal Weight Tech ETF. Equal Weight yeah, test your little finger skills there today. Equal weight tech ETF. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's RSPT. I don't know why that's it's weird. It's RYT here in the article, no, but okay. No, no, it's RSPT and RESPT. Forty basis points. Yeah, that's the one. Four tenths of one yeah. percent, mm-hmm. and it has a portfolio of well, tech stocks. Yeah, and funny. 
just like our previous one, it's 65 stocks. Wow. That's for me. How about number seven? Well, these are all buying pretty much the same mm, stock. So makes far. you wonder, doesn't it? Uh, number seven, we're not going to go through all these, by the way, too many. But number seven is the Vanguard Information Technology ETF, VGT, which has a 10 year annualized return of 19.7%. Tell them what they won, well, Don. Now, that is a different portfolio, though. This is not the same portfolio. This is uh, focused on just the information portion of the technology industry. As it's from Vanguard, it's cheaper, but uh, it's still uh, a little too focused for us. However, still probably more diversified than anything you're going to look at on this list at 323 stocks. Of course, of course. Now, listen to Tom. Listen to the top. Am I going to know? Am I going to know any of these holdings? The top two holdings. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh, you think? Mm. Yeah. Let's see. Apple. Ooh. At twenty three percent of the portfolio, which has had a pretty good run. Microsoft. Another one that's worked well. Twenty percent of the portfolio. So between two stocks, about half of the portfolio. Well, when you throw Nvidia in, it's half the portfolio. (laughs) Which, which may be bigger. Anyway, it keeps getting bigger, right, as it's gone up. Okay, let me Which give you a couple more. Which makes no sense, considering yeah, right. they sell basically one product. How about the Invesco Solar ETF, powered by? Oh, Solar you got power. That. Oh, that's right. T-A-N is the ticker oh, with an expense oh, ratio oh, of 66 basis oh, points. How 0.06. How about how that? Clever. The TAN fund. The TAN hmm. fund, because it's yeah. a solar fund. Ooh, you're so smart. Uh, how many solar companies are there really that are I, that are that are really pure solar plays? I think the guy named Soul runs one. He's down the block there. He's oh, got no, no, Soul. No. Better anyway. call oh, Soul. Yeah. Sorry about that. Too uh, easy. That was really, no, it was bad. It wasn't even easy. It was such a stretch. <laughs> Better you, than the you Scandinavian. Pulled, you probably pulled a muscle on that stretch. Um, actually, it says there are 44 companies Ooh, okay. that, that yeah. fit in there. But yeah. um, okay, a couple the biggest more. one is $212 yeah. million dollar market cap. Whoa. Folks, for those of you, that's really, really small. Uh, a couple more. The Invesco Dynamic. Go to Dynamic. the top of the list. No, I just give you a couple more. Invest number four. Invesco Dynamic Semiconductors. Oh, I love okay. dynamic in a fund. I just love I guess that. That's invested in semiconductors. Okay, yeah, move guess, on. Good guess. All move right. On. That's twenty three point six percent over ten years. Uh, just cut. You're just. Take, cut, cut, bring the best. dessert in cut for you, huh? T- you never exactly. want anything. All right, go right to it. Still on vacation, waiting for those fancy desserts on the cruise. Okay, number one. I hope we're going to get a drum roll or something there. No, you're the not. Spider S. <laughs> Spider S and P. Spunky. Spider S and P Semiconductor ETF with a ten-year annualized return of twenty-four point five X, as in X-ray. Sam David X. Sam, David, the Spider S&P Semiconductor ETF. Gotta love that, right? That just, it sounds like basically the same portfolio as the one Mm. before. Um, And we're, we're, every single fund in this list, every (laughs) single one. You broke the code, man. Is tech. Yeah. Now, tech has its day in the sun as where it's getting nicely tanned. I was waiting Uh, for that. (laughs) But we're talking in that fund, that's again, 38 stocks. Wow. That's 38 tiny companies. Limited. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Wait, the biggest company in the portfolio 
has a market capitalization of $53 million. And give us just for a rough comparison, what is the market capitalization of, say, Apple? Microsoft or Apple? Okay. Apple, $3 trillion. Yeah. So it's kind of small compared to the big million. guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's tiny, 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 tiny. Yeah, okay. So the top 10 I mean, passive- NVIDIA is a billion, and yeah. they're semiconductors. And they've only been, you know, really been in everybody's on everybody's radar for about six months. The top 10 performing passive funds of the decade, you heard them, and here are my takeaways. You already mentioned this, so you broke the code here. You can't buy the past. You can't get that performance. That's nope. what I hate about this article. People read it and think, well, I'll just be in those because you- Unless you got the way back machine, it's not going to happen. You make also the point that sectors rise and sectors fall. Tech, I don't want to say it will have its place in the sun because that's overdoing a little bit. Uh, it'll have cloudy days too, which may be ahead. And then, oh, heck, there could be full fledged hurricanes, thunderstorms, everything. Uh, and then we also know this about investing because we can show you decades where one type of stock does really well and the others do horribly, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Those things, these things have a tech, uh, uh, have a tech, have a tendency to revert to the mean. You may have struck it lucky and bought one of these and had the 20% annualized return for 10 years, which would be great. I'm very happy for you. But you weren't smart. No, you weren't. You were smarter than the market. There was a thing called, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Crazy little thing called luck. Crazy little thing called luck. That's it. That's it. I got time for a couple questions. Let me just make this very important statement. There is no evidence in any academic research ever done that you or even the experts can predict the financial future, period. The only, the almost all outperformance in the market can be when looked at mathematically can be attributed to nothing more than dumb luck. Because when you have a finite number of stocks, some of them you're going to be able to pick and they're just going to do well because you got lucky. And the, the math shows that luck is what wins the day most of the time. And we still believe in wide diversification, low cost and tax efficiency. Yep. And we give you those funds at our website. You can go look at those anytime. Because so. those are really the the only sensible, quote, free lunch out there. Think about it for a minute. Low costs? Well, you should make less if you pay less. Uh, diversification? Diversification bails you out of extraordinary volatility or that going down thing that we hate. So this just makes sense. It is volatility always a negative? It is kind of, right? It's yeah, like, it is. No, 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 no. When people talk about, well, this is a, man, that's a volatile market. That means it went down a lot. Yeah, it, if it's going way up, they go, wow, that is a great market. Yeah. I, I love this market. It's a good point. Fair enough. All right. Time for a couple quick questions here. I know we've prattled on for a bit. Oh, us prattle? Okay, <laughs> go ahead. All right. This comes from Chad in Helena, Montana. He said, hey, guys, at this point, I've asked so many questions on the podcast. I probably owe you an advisement fee. Yes, you do. Call Chad with your credit card soon. Would you? I really appreciate it. Uh, This has been danced around a bit, but I'm not sure I've gotten a 100% finite answer. Well, this, you came to the right place. No dancing on this show. Uh, if you're following, <laughs> we can't dance. You've seen us. If you're following a well-diversified portfolio that's a combination of ETFs, should each additional 
investment be made at the goal percentages with one rebalancing per year or at strict intervals, for example, 5% out of balance? Or should you just use the contribution to try to rebalance each time? You understand what the question is? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I get it. Do you use new money to rebalance? Yeah. And I, I, I'm i a huge believer in using money, new money to rebalance. So, yes, when you're putting new money in, put it in based on what your portfolio has done. Put more into those things that have done less well, because yeah. by doing that, you save yourself some potential commissions and transaction costs and taxable events in non-retire, uh, non-deferred retirement portfolios. I think that's right. I would make one small caveat from that. I think that is at the absolute approach in a taxable account. If it was an IRA, you could still put the money in in those places and then rebalance once a year. You could do it that way you because could, you're not but, worried about but, the but, taxation. But, but 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 with e- using ETFs in a portfolio could expose you to bid ask spreads. True. And could expose you could doesn't with most brokers, but could expose you to commissions. So you don't have to worry about the tax ramifications. But my thinking is, why not? It's a quick calculation. If you don't have 50 funds, if you have two, three, four, five funds, it's a quick calculation Mm -hmm. to say, okay, I've got less than I had in this one. So I'm going to add all my new money to this small cap value fund or whatever it might be. Whatever's um, underweight at that whatever's moment. Whatever's underweight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then rebalance on your then rebalance the whole thing on your annual date. Correct. And with the again, the caveat there, if it's a taxable account, rebalancing could be painful because you're going to pay taxes if you sold something and bought something else. So that's why I like your approach better. All right. This comes from Alex, who writes from Montgomery Road, Alaska, Alaska. I don't Alaska, think Alaska, Alaska, city, Alaska, but anyway, we'll go with it. Uh, I've enjoyed the podcast That's for very a good creative while. to name a town, Alaska, Alaska. <laughs> I've enjoyed the podcast for a good while now. I appreciate the bluntness most of the time. Not all the time. Most of the time. You said most of the time. Yeah. Uh, most yeah of apparently the time. we were blunt about something he likes. <laughs> yeah, apparently. So. My question is with all the positives you guys have said about ETFs in a taxable situation. Would it be worth it to do an in-kind conversion of a mutual fund to its equivalent ETF in a tax-protected, I would say tax-qualified account, mm-hmm. like an IRA or 401 converting, for example, VT Sachs to VTI? No. Um, I'm going to answer one part, the yeah. 401k. 401k still aren't, are not using ETFs because of the aspect of being able to buy the fractional shares you can get with mutual funds and cannot with ETFs. It's harder, right? right. It's hard. But what about taking, if you're in an IRA no. where you can do Why anything bother? you like? Why bother? It's not going to make any difference if you do it, but it's one of those things that why do it? Because you don't have to. Is there any advantage? Not that I can think of. Not in a, not in a qualified account. No. If the, if the expense ratio is the same, diversification yeah. is the same, why would you mess around with it? Now, if the expense ratio is lower as yeah. it is in so many ETFs, then lowering your expenses, even if it's 10 one-hundredths of 1%, five one-hundredths of 1%, longer term, when you're compounding on money you're saving, you're increasing the value of that money you're saving. So, you know, in that case, yeah, but again, high priority, not necessarily. A quick mention here, you know, fall is just around, for me, kind of fall starts at 
the end of August, you know, because it's kind of the cloud. Because you live in a place that has summer for two days. <laughs> it's been longer than it's that. It's like living year. in Iceland or <laughs> Greenland or something. Which you know much about. So, um, I, Did you see my pictures of Greenland? Loved it. Loved the pictures. It was so cool. We flew over Greenland on the way home, and it was a perfectly clear day. And the pilot goes, here's something you don't get to see very often. Look out the right side. There's Greenland. Wow. And I'm going, oh, my God, it's Greenland. How and cool it's big, that? big. And the, the glaciers are unbelievable. Now, as long as you stay thousands cool. of feet above them. I was I'm thousands okay of feet, 30,000 anyway, feet above the glacier. The reason I mentioned fall is I'm not going to mess around anymore now. Saturday mornings, going back to my calls. I've been out on lakes and doing all the rest of this stuff. Now, nah, getting back to business. You want some help? I'll take some Saturday calls. So happy to do it. And how do people do that? Tom? I, do you remember? <laughs> TalkingRealMoney.com. Click on Meet an Advisor. Hey, look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, this, this is, a breakthrough. is a red letter day. <laughs> After two years of trying to get this right, today, today on this edition of Talking Real Money, Tom remembers what the button's name is. <laughs> Meet an we advisor. So impressed. So it doesn't have to be a Saturday. We're happy to It'll help a, anybody. So they're, they're ordering in a cake for you in just a few minutes. I'd love that. Thanks. Big up. chocolate cake. Something yeah. like that. All right. Thanks so much for being a part of the Talking Real Money podcast. Join us every day as we do something different here on the show. Um, Mondays is now uh, Monday Musings. Tom's got a great one for you coming up. And uh, of course, Fridays are QA Friday. And then uh, Tuesday and Wednesday are the uh, the edited version of our local show in the Seattle area. And Thursday is this mess, whatever we call it. Just this mess. mess. That's good. This mess. Thank like you all it. for being a part of it. You are dismissed. I'm done. That's Tom talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.